podcast, Dixon Tang, author of the book Leadership for Future of Work, talks about 3I framework. So stay tuned. Welcome everyone to Jobs of Future podcast. Today we have with us Dixon Tang and uh, here's a brief bio. So Dixon, uh, Dixon Tang is uh, an author of Leadership for Future of Work book, uh, Ways to Build Career Edge Over Robots with Human Creativity. He helps senior leaders um, build creative and effective teams in preparation for the future robot economy. Dixon is a leadership idea expert focusing on how leadership will evolve in the future of work. Uh, 15 plus experience, uh, years of experience in management, business consulting, marketing, organizational strategies and training and development. Corporate experience with several leading companies such as KPMG, Advisory, Gartner and Netscape. Dixon's expertise on leadership, uh, creativity and future of work have earned him uh, invitations and opportunities to work with leaders, professionals from various organizations such as Cartier, CITIC, Telco, Telcom, DHL, Exteron, uh, Hypertherm, JVC, Kenwood, Manayam Business School, Mont Blanc, and others. He lives currently in Singapore. Uh, Dixon, with that, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me here, Vishal. So that's, fa- that's fast. I think uh, I, li- I like the title of the book, by the way. It's very clever. Leadership for Future of Work. So kudos to you on that. So let- let's let's talk about your journey. So if you can walk us through your background and, and uh, enlighten us with where have you been and what have you achieved and, 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 and that will be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Happy to do that. I came from a business consulting background. So um, I help organization uh, improve the operations, uh, strategies, uh, business research and so on and so forth. So um, that w- that was what I do in the in the past uh, ten to fifteen years. In the in the recent five years, I was heavily involved in uh, training, facilitation, and speaking, uh, helping organization to improve uh, through um, training uh, facilitation. So um, I'm very much a human person. I'm a people <laughs> consultant. So I love working with people uh, rather than with numbers and spreadsheets. So I must, I must uh, admit that, okay, I'm more like a people person. So that's why I love to interact with people from different industry, uh, from different sectors, and understand what's going on in different sectors. And um, why I write this book is uh, primarily uh, three reasons. Uh, reason. The first reason is I spend a lot of time uh, interacting with different professionals but what I noticed that is uh, some of them, they actually focus too much on the present. That means they only think mm-hmm. about this month, this quarter, this or even this week. So they fail to like really think about the long term. So they fail to look at the strategic stuff, but they focus on the current stuff. Okay, so that's reason number one. Uh, reason number two is um, um, according to uh, uh, research from this uh, World Economic Forum, um, Almost 7.1 million of jobs, okay, will be gone by 2020 because of the automation and robotization. So that's a reason number two why why I want to write this book because that is something really alarming. Mm. And thirdly, a uh, personal reason why I wrote this book is because uh, since young I got this uh, dream of like writing my own book. So, <laughs> so in combination of these three reasons, okay, number one, 
professional reason. Number two, uh, the alarming trends, and number three, uh, personal reasons. So that's that's how um, this book, uh, Leadership for Future of Work: uh, Nine Ways to Build Career Edge Over Robots with Human Creativity, was born. So. Interesting, fascinating, by the way. So, what brought you to this world of uh, learning and development? So, what what enticed you to sort of focus your um, your professional um, time in, in in researching and helping um, executives around that? Sure. Um, as I mentioned to you, um, uh, when I first started in my career, I was in the business consulting. So I, I, I look at business process, I look at uh, business numbers, the spreadsheets, modeling, uh, process improvement. So I, I work, I work with a, a lot of numbers, uh, mm. figures, statistics, processes, and things like that. And then I realized that uh, as time goes by, I realized that actually my passion is actually with people. I enjoy uh, working with people, interacting with people, talking with people, uh, having coffee or having drinks with people. And uh, in general, people find that I'm a friendly person. I am a person can engage um, conversations. So I know that, oh, okay, that is my, <laughs> that's my sweet spot. So I, I really want to like work with people. And at the same time, I also want to leverage on my background as a consultant. So, mm. um, so I want to talk to people, work with people, but at the same time, add value to people with ideas, with strategy, uh, with some advice. So then I, I realized that, oh, training and development is actually one of the great areas for me because number one, I can talk, <laughs> I, mm. can, I, I like to read, and I like to add value to people, and I want to make an impact to people. So yeah, I think that is a, that is a perfect uh, sweet spot for me. Interesting. So um, fascinating, by the way. And, 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 and so now when you come up with this idea of let's write a book around the, the leadership, around solve that, Tell us, uh, walk us through the journey of uh, the moment when you say, okay, let me write that book, to the journey when you started writing and, and, and if you can, whatever you can share about this inception of getting to a book. We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Oh, sure. Um, typically, um, I, start, I start off with some rough notes on like uh, something I want to write. So the, the entire journey, it takes about uh, nine months to, to, to write a book. Uh, but I would say I'm not, I'm not writing every day, <laughs> diligently. Uh, Although I wish I could have like written in a more regular basis, but uh, all in all, it takes about nine months. So, um, so typically, I break it into uh, a three-step process. Like first, it's about um, the conceptualization and research. So basically, um, I just use a, like a, maybe like a legal pack, just jot down some ideas, or even on the computer, just jot down a few ideas. So, um, so that's the first one is about like the conceptualization. Um, the secondly, the secondly is actually the actual writing. So the actual writing means I really need to type things in, uh, in into the computer. And I'm using a software called a Scrivener. The Scrivener mm. is, is a writing software. I find it quite handy, quite useful for this process. So that's the second process. Then the third process, of course, is the editing, the production, the actually 
making the book ready. Okay, so so I would say number one conceptualization, number two the actual writing, the number three is the editing and production. Okay, then of course after that, okay, will be marketing. Okay, but that will be another story. So so I think um, for those uh, people who are interested to write a book or publish a book, so I think uh, these three steps process uh, works pretty well for me, and I think it will work pretty well for other people as well. Interesting. And and when when you write a book on say um, uh, leadership for the future, how tell us about your your research, like what all research you did uh, to to get to the book. Oh sure. Um, in terms of research, typically I'm doing two types. So one is um, more like um, uh, internet research or desk research, uh, looking at some of the trends, some of the numbers, statistics. Um, so that, that is part of the research. Um, the other part of the research is I, I talk to uh, industry people, I, I in, uh, connect with other people on Twitter, so I, I get their points of view. So, so it will be a mixture of um, so-called um, desk research as well as uh, interview and interaction, interaction with people. Okay, now that is the research part. Okay, mm. after I do all this research, then I, I need to put all this content um, mm. into a framework. Okay, I am I consider that I'm very lucky. I managed to um, put all this content, organize all this content in into a framework. Okay, uh, I call it the free eye framework okay i can share with you late uh, later uh, on this uh, 3i framework but i think research is about one thing but how can you present your research finding in a step by step structural manner that will be equally important so so i think research as well as organizing the research uh, both are important interesting and i think one thing that that i recall from from my journey of of authoring a, a book was so I think the when I started with this idea of hey, let I have to write a book say uh, on data-driven organizations, and when I started doing research and writing about it, there are like bunch of aha moments when I realized, oh wow, I've never anticipated that. Like when I when I thought about writing this book, I was not thinking about sort of some of the revelations that that I ended up I ended up sort of scoring. Do do you have such revelations uh, in your journey of of writing this book? Ah, okay, sure. In terms of aha moment, uh, I think there are there are two. Okay, one is uh, in, in in the earlier part of the writing process. So I I think I I gather too much information, too much content, and you you know, as a writer, you are writing a book, and you gather all this research, you gather all this content. You don't want to throw it away. Mm. <laughs> that is. Um, it, it takes some courage for you to really, okay, for the purpose of this book, I need to throw away certain content or I need to, I need to pick certain essential content and leave out certain content aside. That means uh, that's a hard decision because uh, mm. typically as a writer, you are a bit greedy. You want to like cover as many points as possible, but uh, there's also a danger of that doing that because the more you write, uh, if mm. you include a lot of like not so relevant stuff, then the gist of the book is gone. Okay, so I think mm. one of the aha moment is okay. Uh, less is more. Mm. <laughs> less is more. Okay, it sounds cliche, but it's true. That means yes, less is more. True. That means you you have to know how to throw away some of the content. Okay, so that's first aha moment. Uh, the second aha moment came at the later part of the writing process. Is um, 
originally I tried to write something about leadership, about uh, creativity, and also about the trends. But I have a hard time organizing that together in a meaningful way. Then after after a while, I I read an article from uh, Kevin Cruz, uh, mm. the the thought leader uh, in U.S. Kevin Cruz, and uh, he suggested, okay, whenever you write a book, try to map that book mm. into a bigger trend, uh, into a bigger trend, or into a bigger theme. Oh, that's the aha moment came in. Is uh, mm. oh, okay. I'm now writing about leadership. I'm writing about creativity. I'm writing a whole bunch of things. How can I tie all this into one central theme? And then that's the how the future of work, and that's how the how the central theme start to emerge. So so I, so so I uh, that's a, that's aha moment, and I have to give credit to Kevin because uh, yeah, mm. that is how I. Uh, managed to organize everything into one central theme. So that's the two aha moment. Okay, first aha moment, less is more. Second aha moment, organize it into a central theme. I think that's a. Uh, uh, I think kudos to you. I think one of the thing that uh, I, I had a similar exp- uh, experience with, with at least the first part, where sort of uh, I I want to tell to the listener and and viewers that when you, when you, when you're writing a book, you have. And I think you painted beautifully. I reminded of my nightmares of removing a something that you really like to put somehow, but you just I don't have room for that. It's how much difficult it is than we than you think because when you are writing a book, you are you have a like in some ways you have a, you have a blank sketch, and on 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 the other side blank canvas, and on the other side you have your own sketch that you want to create. And yes, then sir, when you exactly. research, you find in amazing golden nugget of contents and. Pretty much, you can write like three books out of that. Like many times in in the journey, you can think, hey, maybe point part two point or three point two of that book, but you just have to d- disregard the whole thing because it's not fitting in to the final narrative. So I think it's um, uh, uh, thank you for sharing that. That's a fascinating um, sort of observation. So now mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the book, right? So uh, so you talk about um, wh- so what is the what is the underlying theme behind the book? If you can walk us through that. We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Sure. So the underlying theme it is simple. Basically, is in the future of work that requires a new way of leadership. And this new way of leadership is about creativity, because creativity is an area that humans will have an edge over robot. Okay, so that's the central theme. Okay, so the central theme is in future work, it requires a new way of leadership. And what's the focus area? The focus area should be on creativity, because that's the area. Humans will have an edge over robots. Robots will be able to do a lot of like programmable tasks, uh, routine tasks. But what is left to the human will be the ability of human being to create something new, right? to think out of the box, to innovate. So, so that's the key theme of this book. Interesting. And and what is what what is your definition of creativity? Like, what do you define as creativity? Oh, that many people define 
creativity uh, differently. Okay, but for me, it is the ability um, to think out of the box and also the ability to come up with new ideas. Okay, now of course some people will say, oh, there, there's a term called innovation, right, which is more about the application of ideas. Okay, but for me, creativity is about your ability to think out of the box and also the, your ability to come up with new ideas. Okay, so um, I know some innovation folks will talk about like how to apply, right, how, how to apply the application of ideas. But for me, uh, it will be about like how to think out of the box and also how to come up with new ideas. Interesting. So let's 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 get uh, into the book now. So from your vantage point, so what is the definition of a leader that that has that is actually using creative edge as, as you're saying to stay relevant or at, at least to make their organization stay relevant? What is what are the tenets or what are the qualities of of of, of those those individuals? Sure. Um, as a leader, um, your job is to influence others right, to achieve uh, whatever organization objective or business unit objective. So, uh, leadership is primarily about influencing people. Okay? But, but in the future of work, okay, the traditional way of influencing uh, the traditional organizational hierarchy is gone. Okay, is gone. So that means you need to have a new way of like uh, motivating people and influencing people. And why creativity will come in here is in order to motivate your team, in order to, for, for you to influence your team members, um, you need to use a more humanistic approach, okay, rather than <laughs> the traditional approach. So, and as a leader, it is your job to bring out the creativity of your team members right, so that you can achieve your organizational objective faster and better okay so i think essentially as a leader in the future okay you need to bring out the creative elements of your team members okay so um that is something i am encouraging all the leaders to do is to really bring out the creative elements of your team members interesting and and how much um would you give weight to the culture of an organization towards towards this sort of um creative mindset of a leader Sure. Um, culture plays a part, definitely, and uh, in in fact, uh, one of the one of the key themes in this book, I talk about um, the concept of uh, infrastructure. Right? In, if you want to be creative, right, you need to make sure that your creative infrastructure is there. So the infrastructure includes um, your team structure, your organizational culture, the way you do things, the way you work with your team members. So. Um, how important is the culture? Yes, culture plays a part here uh, in, in terms of your creative infrastructure, but also um, how you structure your teams, how you interact with your internal team and external teams, those are also important. Interesting. And, and do, you, do you have some of the case stories that you could share where sort of some of the leaders have really helped uh, an organization? With this new mindset, or with this actually creative mindset? Oh, sure. in In terms of um, creative, uh, in terms of creative mindset, um, what I have done is in in my book is I I talk about it uh, under this the first I, uh, which is about the individual mindset, right? the first I, individual mindset. So, in terms of uh, as a leader, okay, what you can do is um, you can try to create 
and creative individual mindset for yourself and also for your team members. Okay, so in for as a leader, in order for you to uh, create this individual creative individual mindset, what you need to do is you need to encourage your team. Okay, to think different. Okay, that means you you need to think like a startup. Okay, you have to um, think about possibility. Okay, you need to think about growth. Right, so so you need to. Firstly, you need to help your team to think different. Secondly, you need to help your team to think uncertain, to embrace uncertainty. And the third one is you need to think about being open, right? being open to new ideas, being op open to uh, new collaboration opportunity. So in terms of the individual mindset, okay, you need to do three things. Right? I call it the DUO. Right? You need to think different. You need to think uncertain. That means you need to embrace uncertainty, and also you need to be open for ideas and collaboration. Interesting. And I think so. Some of the things that you said, so being different. Okay, sure. I'll take that. Uncertain and open are some things that even are tied to the culture of an organization. So if culture, if if the culture say, I think I've I've heard it. Maybe you have also heard it, heard it from a lot of executives that. The companies are very regulated industry or they're not very open to uh, ideas that they have a very sort of set mindset and, and what and what not. If you are a leader stuck in that uh, cultural heavy organization, which mm -hmm. doesn't grant you these three liberties, what is the way out and what, what do you suggest to those, those, those sure. leaders? We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, um, I always believe that okay, um, the first the first step uh, towards creativity, uh, it all starts with your mindset, your individual mindset. So I, I take a more like an inside-out approach. So that means if, if you want your team to be creative, like firstly, you have to learn how to be creative. So, mm. um, so that's the first I, right? the individual, individual mindset. So you have to develop a creative individual mindset, the first I. The second I I cover in the book uh, is about the infrastructure, which is exactly what you mentioned, uh, Vishal, is about the culture, the team structure, and all this. Um, and then thirdly, okay, the third I is about ideas, right? how you can come up with ideas very quickly and very rapidly. But at the same time, you need to know how to distill all this idea into some actionable items. Okay, so, so if, if you ask me to summarize that the entire process, um, what you need to do is as a leader, if you want to be creative leaders in the future, firstly, you need to work on your first eye, which is about individual mindset. Then you work on your second eye, which is about the infrastructure. Then the third eye is about the ideas generation and ideas management. Okay, so these are the three eyes. Interesting. And so if, if I'm an individual and I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I want to be future-proof, like I want to future-proof my career, so tactically, how should I really start this journey? Like what, so sure, there's an individual, there's, a, uh, I, there's an ideation, there is a, uh, so how do you see me, like what are the steps that you could suggest that I would take from just being whatever I am to sort of very creative mindset leader? Sure, yeah, I think um, 
I will break it down into a three-step process. Uh, each step corresponds to um, one of the eyes um, I talk about in this book. And firstly, the first step is always about the individual mindset. That means mm. um, you probably need to make a conscious effort okay, to drop some of the traditional thinking. So for example, maybe you work in a traditional organization environment which features the command and control. Right? So you need to... You need to make an effort to okay. Um, I need to think uh, in a new way, right? which is something like a thing like a startup. I need to look at possibility. Okay, so I I would say um, having the individual mindset is the first step. Right? Um, and for some people, the first step is very simple. Could be just like oh, stop saying cannot or stop saying cannot be done. Okay, to say why not? Okay, why not? So. So you need to shift your mindset from okay, uh, shift from cannot to why not. Right? So that's the that's the first thing you need you need to do yeah, is to work on your individual mindset. And the secondly is you need to work on the infrastructure. So if you are managing a team, uh, how you manage your team, how you encourage your team members to speak up. Okay, that is something you need to learn under this infrastructure. Okay, um, so that's the second step. Then the third step is you need to encourage yourself and also encourage your team members right, to come up with more uh, creative ideas. So it's about the ideas generation process. And in the traditional uh, management or in the traditional leadership space, a lot of times good ideas are being suppressed because mm -hmm. of the leader's behavior and also because of the team infrastructure. Right? So in the book, I actually uh, have some tools that can help uh, leaders and team members right to do more divergent thinking so that they can come up with some ideas more quickly okay so to answer your question what are the exact steps you need to follow i would say follow this three step first work on your individual mindset second work on your infrastructure and thirdly work on the ideas so about the third third stage ideas like what exactly is that so is that ideas that i create ideas that someone else create what is if you can if you can sort of ex, uh, explain the third stage a bit sure. more so let me talk to you um, uh, more about the ideas part the third i right uh, which is about idea so in terms of ideas okay if you want to be creative okay so you have to uh, come up with a lot of ideas right be it in a brainstorming exercise or be it in a brain-writing exercise, so your objective is to come up with as many ideas as possible, right? Some of the ideas might not be that practical, but it doesn't matter. The key is divergent thinking. So we want more ideas. The more ideas, the better, okay? So that is what you are supposed to do, right? Under this ideas process, you need to have as many ideas as possible. But after you have all these ideas, okay, you also need to have a system and method, right, to distill um, all these things into some relevant and practical ideas. Okay, so um, you need to know uh, what are the criteria. You need to distill all these ideas so that you will have a funnel, right? So that so that the great ideas will drop out from this funnel. Okay. So that's why um, in terms of ideas, a lot of people may think that, oh, it is quite easy to come up with ideas, but actually it's not, okay? Because coming up with ideas is just one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is you need to, um, you need to know how to select the right ideas. So, um, so it, 
you need to have both interesting that, actually that's a that's a very creative perspective by the way so so if if we if we if we talk about this 3i framework um uh, individual infrastructure and idea is the is the sequence relevant like which 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 particular i comes first and which which i comes later so uh, for this uh, creative 3i model okay which features the uh, number 1 individual mindset number 2 uh, infrastructure number 3 ideas if you ask me uh, is there an ideal way to to go for it uh, i would say you start with yourself first i would say start with your individual mindset first then move on to infrastructure then move on to ideas okay. so for some people i know they feel more comfortable in this uh, sequential process if if that's the case i would say start with individual mindset first then go to infrastructure then go to ideas having said that okay all these three components uh, actually they interact with one another okay so mm -hmm. um so i i would say um if you are a sequential person <laughs> i was i would say you start with individual mindset first then go to infrastructure then go to idea but if you're not that sequential okay you can address uh each one of these um using your own preference so uh, it doesn't matter so so there's a two two pre prefer methods here yeah. interesting and and if suppose uh, if i'm a business right if i'm a business and, and obviously i have been business with as as i uh, work on my previous hypothesis that i have a very thick culture and not very open towards ideations not very open towards sort of creating this sharing mindset how should i crack this um how could i adopt this 3i framework like what are some of the things that you could suggest to a business that how could they they sort of execute this i sure as an individual i can I can clean myself up, I can dust myself off, and then I can say, okay, at least I am that guy. But if I need to create a process, if I'm, if I'm a leader uh, in an organization, I want to make my organization more open, and, and what are some of the things you could suggest? Okay, sure. I think um, in this case, okay, I would, I would suggest um, you start from, your, start from yourself and also start from your immediate team members, okay? Um, you don't need to aim um, to create a, creative culture instantly overnight for maybe 300 people no that's not possible but you start with your um your immediate team so what you can do is uh, you you start with um your in immediate team uh, maybe just a team of like maybe five people or ten people um just take them out take them out to do something different okay so for example right if if every day your team okay eat in the in the cafeteria <laughs> inside your company right try to do something different bring them out uh for lunch in a in a in an external place or bring them for a museum trip or bring them to an outdoor picnic just do something different from your traditional regular workplace so that people will be able to loosen up okay once people are able to loosen up okay they will start to they will start to talk talk and give you more ideas so as a leader, okay, you need to listen. Okay, so in this all these informal gatherings, you will be able to listen. Okay, what are their frustration about this job? What are their frustration about the team process? What are the frustration about the business unit? So from there, you will be able to understand. Okay, what are the painful process or what are the frustrations? And then from there, you will be able to see. Okay, which angle will be your 
best way for you to bring in this like creative uh, 3i model okay so for example uh, if you're a leader and you hear from your team members saying that oh it's about a team process that sucks and this team process is really frustrating okay then you know that okay you need to pay more attention to this second eye uh, which is about the infrastructure mm. right? how you can uh, reorganize your team how you can uh, get your team to think more fluidly right? so so that is uh, providing providing you an angle right, to implement this three i on the other hand okay let's say if your team members they tell you that oh it is about our ideas not being heard or being addressed properly or um, if they complain to you that okay they feel stuck about the ideation process then you know that you need to work on your third eye which is about the idea so probably you need to like uh, Relook at the way how you brainstorm ideas. You need to relook at the way how you process and manage all these uh, business ideas. Okay, so, um, so to answer your question, I would say the first step is to like, help your team to loosen up by, by bringing them out to do something different, right? so that they will be able to tell you what are their frustration, and then from there it will provide you an angle uh, so that you can implement this three I. Interesting, and and um, so. Is there any success criteria for each eye? Like, do you do you say, okay, if I if I'm doing something, and then is there any criteria where you say, okay, if you're doing say X, Y, and Z, then probably you're doing it right. Otherwise, you're doing it wrong. So, is there any oh, success sure. or, or gauge that that I should be I should be figuring it out? Oh sure. Um, there's no there's no such as uh, checklist or or score sheet. Okay, uh, in the um, in the traditional sense, because I believe that okay, creativity is something more qualitative uh, rather than uh, rather than quantitative so <laughs> this is not exam this is not a quiz so 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 i i don't have um i don't have a very rigid uh, set of criteria okay uh, but if you look at um look at my book and uh in my book it is organized in this uh three core area uh, the individual mindset the infrastructure and ideas and in fact uh, for uh, for each of the theme okay there's a couple chapters mm. around that okay so if you go through this book and um, you read through each of the chapter and you just take off all the ideas that uh, we present in all this chapter more or less you will be doing okay so I don't have a I don't have a so-called exam questions or quiz or score sheet for you but if you mm. go through all this book and you take off all this um all these actionable ideas um you are pretty much good to go interesting and what one other thing I, I i can think about in an organization there are some there's some sort of teams or some groups who are slightly more flexible into what they do and there are some teams and groups in the, in the organization which are very tied down to the process because they're they they are adhering to regulations, their guidance, a lot of things given where there's not too much wiggle room where they can sort of uh, innovate and invent themselves. So, what are your thoughts in your research? Have you done any research on organization where this particular model fits better than the other? Like, do you have some comparisons that you could share? Oh, sure. I I totally recognize that it, for certain industry um they place a lot of like um they place a lot of focus on compliance that means you, you need to make sure that like, you you do things in certain processes and things that 
I totally respect it. I totally respect it. But the but the essence of creativity can be applied in these types of like highly regulated, um, highly compliance focused um, industry as well. Um, now, I'm not asking you to change the rules overnight, but as a team or as a leader, okay, you need to look at all this compliance requirement. Okay, why? Okay, what's the reason of this compliance <laughs> requirement? Mm -hmm. Okay, can you think of a new way of doing all these compliance requirements maybe in a different manner? That means that you might need to do things in a different order, different sequence, still addressing all this compliance concern, uh, but at the same time, you can get your job done faster and better. Okay? So that is also an expression of creativity. Okay? Mm. So creativity for those highly regulated industry, I would say it is about like how you can understand the why of compliance. And is there a way that you can address all this compliance requirement, but in a different manner? Okay, so, so in those industries, yes, I think still, creativity can be applied interesting and and um, what are some of the like interesting um th like interesting verticals in an organization where you actually have seen <clears throat> folks actually doing some fun stuff like do you have any stories to share from your oh, research sure. sure um through my research um there's a comp one company in in US, okay, uh, what they have done is something very um, interesting. Um, the HR people, okay, in when they do recruitment, they don't do the recruitment in a traditional way. Okay, um, they do recruitment at pubs, restaurants, and shopping malls. Okay, so now you think about it, like if you tell your uh, HR people, hey. Um, we are going to do a recruitment, a talent recruitment, and um, you don't need to post it on LinkedIn. You don't need to post it on uh, jobstreet.com. You don't need to look for headhunters. Right? You just need to go with me. I go to shopping malls, pubs, and restaurants, and you will be able to find talent. Okay. Then if you talk to HR people, they will say, hey, are you nuts? Okay. Mm -hmm. But actually, that's, that's something happening um, in, a, in a company in U.S. They actually invite the HR leaders go down to the shopping malls and restaurants and try to identify talents. So for example, um, they hire waiter and waitress and they turn them into an online mortgage banker. Okay, you think about it, right? waiter, waitress, and pumper. Okay, those people, they are in a total different industry uh, compared to uh, online mortgage banking. Okay, uh, but why HR, did that because the philosophy is okay we can we can train you technical skills but in terms of your personal quality your um your your politeness um your willingness to help your customers your courtesies all these kind of things right cannot be trained right so so that's why the hr go to shopping malls uh, pubs and restaurants they try to hire people based on desirable personal attributes rather than the technical skills okay so they hire them in and then they give them training and then they manage to turn waiter waitress and even bumpers into very successful online uh, mortgage bankers 
Okay, and this company is called Quicken, uh, the online financial software company, Quicken. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's this amazing example because, um, yeah, you may think that oh, doing a recruitment in pubs and restaurants, right? <laughs> this is really really uh, off the traditional mindset of HR. Okay, so if you ask a traditional HR people, right, where to do recruitment, they will tell you the online and offline channels and methods, right? But mm. but actually bringing the HR team out. Um, to some unusual places, actually, it works very well. Interesting. So, uh, fascinating example, by the way. I think this, um, sure, kudos to them. They actually nailed nailed it off. I think one thing that I can, I, I, if if I wear my consulting hat, right, and if I if I if I look at businesses, <clears throat> I see businesses. Typically, I see businesses in three buckets. So, I call it jungle gym, uh, off road, and and highway. So, once you are jungle gym, very early. I don't know where the product market fit is. Lot more flexibility. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. When you talk about off-road, it's like okay, I know the product market fit, and I, I'm scaling it. And so I'm I'm trying to sort of work on the scale. So the more money I put in, the more money I get back. And the third is the highway. Sure, the it's so fast, it's running. I I don't have like I cannot do left and right. I don't have too much wiggle room where I can I can do things. So once you are once sort of I see businesses who are in either off-roading off-roading is okay once they're on highway mode or once they're in off-roading mode they are less responsive to ideas they because they know okay this is the math that math is at play it's still working and we're getting what we what what we are getting right so now communicating this message to those organizations they'll be okay saying okay no we have things in place that are working fascinating for us look at our stock value things are working great how would you convince them to be having an open mindset and sort of this this idea of three I or like how would you approach those organizations from this framework perspective? Oh, okay, sure. Um, I totally agree with you. And typically, um, when you're first starting, uh, you tend to be more creative because at mm. that point of time, you didn't have that much like marketing budget or business budget, so you have to think out of the box. But as as your business scale and into this uh, octo octo lane, right, you you tend mm. to be complacent it, it tend to be uh very happy with your your current business and um yeah my suggestion in for those people who are in this like a scaling up mode and also in this octo mode is uh two things okay number one is um try to go back to square one or mm. square zero from time to time okay so no doubt okay you are very successful in your current market with your current product but always uh, from time to time, right? Maybe spend a half day, um, go back to square zero. So assuming that okay, uh, you are now back in the square zero. Okay, what would you do, or what would you do differently? Okay, so so this is my first suggestion: is always try to return right to the step one or step zero. The second ideas I can share with you is. Um, Try to get your team members okay to talk to people from different industry of why because you are in this industry and you are enjoying the growth you are enjoying the scaling up you everything is on optimal revenue coming in like a quite steadily and happily then you tend to be quite complacent and sometimes you might not know that um, the risk is actually coming from other industries so I always mm. tell people that okay. If you are not thinking outside, you are thinking inside. Okay. Thinking inside hurts you because 
most of the opportunity and most of the risk actually come from outside. Okay, so so I, I this will be my two suggestions. Number one, okay, try to go back to the square zero from time to time. And number two, try to meet with people from other industries so that you can think from the outside and not thinking entirely inside. Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. So I think, um, and, and, and to, to add to your point, I think I, I, uh, whenever I talk to any company that has, that uh, any employee from, uh, from a company who has actually filed for bankruptcy, you all, like, I remember talking to one of the company a uh, couple of, I think years back now, uh, one of the, one of the mobile company that folded. So, and he was saying, Hey, Vishal, you know, we were meeting all of our numbers. Like we were hitting all the numbers. We, we were killing it. Like we were just growing, but the market itself changed. So I think, so whenever I, I, I hear this, the story of, Hey, you know, we are doing great. I say, that's, that's not what, what's going to hit you. What's going to hit you is something that you have not seen because you are going so fast. And maybe the thing that you, a turn that you missed that could have exploded your, your sort of speeds. But but you are I think but but yeah right rightly said so uh, thank you for sharing your perspective on that yeah so and I think to, to add on to add on that okay um for those people who are diehard who are diehard people who don't want to change I always ask ask them this question okay do you want to be the next Codex or Nokia <laughs> or BlackBerry so do you want to be the next Codex uh, Nokia or BlackBerry so. Once I ask this question, they say, "Uh huh, okay." So I, I see what you mean, Dixon. Okay, so 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 I, I yeah, maybe you can give it a try right, for those people who are resistance to change. So you can ask that question. That's interesting. So <clears throat> now let's take this framework. So what made you comfortable that this is this is the future? Like, so okay, sure, this is a great idea that it, it definitely helped me recruit some interesting ideas. Probably I'll not see next billion dollar idea fall through the cracks but what gives you that comfort that um, i think because your title says it's it's edging over robots right so what is giving you that comfort that um, this would be a sustainable recipe uh, for future oh sure um, the assumption uh, in this book is robots will be able to take um, most of the tasks especially those like programmable tasks and routine tasks from human beings Okay, now, of course, some people may argue that, okay, robots starting to learn to be more creative because of machine learning or other things. Okay? But it takes, it takes some time. It takes some time. But immediately, robots will be able to take almost all of the programmable routine tasks. Then that means as a human being, uh, as a professional, okay, we need to really um, go up the value chain fast that means we have to move ourselves out of those like a programmable routine tasks and focus our energy and effort on creative and innovative tasks. Okay, so, so that's the assumption um, and that's the theme of this book. Right? So, um, so if you look at it as, uh, as like a triangle, right? so tip of the triangle is mm. creative and innovative tasks, right? which is the human being should aim for. Then the bottom of the pyramid or middle of the pyramid or middle of the triangle are those mm. like a programmable routine task that can be outsourced or easily taken by robots. Okay. Mm. Now, in order for a professional to move from the bottom of the triangle to the top of the triangle, they need some methodology and they need some help. 
And that's why I wrote this book, uh, because um, they might think that, oh, they don't know how to move up to the creative and innovative task. Okay. So that's why uh, in, in this book, okay, I, I put in a very simple three-eye model. Okay. They need to focus on the individual mindset. They focus on the infrastructure, and they focus on the ideas to help them to move from the bottom of the triangle to the top of the triangle. Interesting. And say, <clears throat> if I am not employed yet, so if I am an individual who's just maybe graduating out of, of, out of college, or I am, um, I am in the middle of jobs, how would I read this book? It's because I don't have infrastructure uh, in place, like I don't have sort of ideation, like I'm the only guy that works on myself. Sure. So how do you, how do you, how do I read this book? Sure. Um, this book, um, the target audience of this book, um, not just about um, the business, um, the business organization leaders or managers. Um, so the, the 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 target audience of this book, um, there are twofold. Okay, one is about people who are actually uh, inside an organization, inside company. Uh, the which is more like a B two B focus. Okay, the other type of the reader of this book is more of the B two C focus. That means are more like an individual. Uh, more like a solopreneur or someone who want to start a business. Okay, that this book equally applies to those people who are starting out. Now, if you are starting out, you want to do a business. Okay, uh, creativity is even more important <laughs> because you don't have you don't have uh, your colleagues or organization for you to fall back on. Now, how you can apply okay this creative three I as an individual. Okay, um, when you are starting your own business, okay, I would say you can um, first develop your own creative individual mindset. That, that means you probably need to develop some personal habit uh, so that you will be able to think out of the box, you will be able to embrace uncertainty, you will be able to be very comfortable when changes happen. Okay, so this mm. is the individual mindset thing. That is even more important if you are starting out on your own because you are going to face a lot of uncertainty, I guarantee you, right, if you're starting mm. out. So you, first, you need to work on your individual mindset. And secondly, it's about the infrastructure. Now, mm. for a solopreneur, right, you may argue that, oh, there's no such thing called organizational infrastructure or mm. um, so-called like the team infrastructure. But nowadays, right, the concept of the team infrastructure is quite fluid. That means your team right, might not be necessarily your own teams inside a company. Your teams right, could be your collaborator on Upwork, on LinkedIn, or someone, uh, or, or your supplier from China, or your supplier from Brazil. Okay, So now we are talking about... Uh, things happening on a global basis. So even though you are not working inside an organization, you still have your infrastructure. Your infrastructure could be your online platform. Okay, so, so the infrastructure part still apply uh, if you are starting out as a solopreneur or entrepreneur. Then, of course, on the ideas part, okay, if you are starting out, you really need to have a lot of ideas. So people saying that, okay, probably you need to have like 100, 200 ideas, right? Before right, you can uh, you can boil down to a few I ideas that will match your personality, so that or match your business demands and things like that. So I think the more ideas you can come up, okay, the higher chance you will be able to get 
those business ideas who works for you. Okay, so for solopreneur individuals, this book still apply and they can still apply this 3i model. That's pretty cool. And and, and I think uh, definitely a very clever uh, uh, model by the way, Dixon. I think uh, the 3i's, it's, uh, now I'm getting a sort of hang of it, which is pretty cool. So now uh, we're at the tail end of, of our conversation. So I think I want to spend some time on your journey uh, as an individual. So if we talk about, say, some of the tenets that has helped you achieve what you have, what, whatever you have achieved, what are some of the things that you could sort of, um, that you could suggest our listeners and viewers that something that has really uh, helped you achieve, like stay with you um, to become what you, are, what you have become? Oh, sure. Um, I think it is about two things, okay, two things. One is embrace the future embrace the future that means you have to think um you have to think ahead okay could be one year ahead two year ahead five year ahead doesn't matter but you have to think ahead that means you should not focus on the past uh, whatever it works in the past or whatever it's working right now doesn't, mm. doesn't matter tomorrow okay so i think i think this is one of my firm belief is okay focus on tomorrow okay not yesterday not today focus on focus on tomorrow okay so tomorrow will be a better day okay so <laughs> so that that is uh one of my uh philosophy okay and my second philosophy is in the future it is not about the depth of your knowledge or mm. your depth of expertise that matter but it is about the breadth and your network Okay, so that's why I always encourage people, uh, especially young people, um, try to uh, work in different sectors, different jobs, uh, meet with different people, uh, uh, meet more people out of your industry. So because I believe that uh, in the future, it's not about the depth, but it's mm. about the, um, the wide network that you have that really matters. Okay, so, so to recap, <laughs> number one, focus on the future, not the past. Number two, focus on the breadth, not the depth. Beautiful. I think that's, um, thank you for sharing that, by the way. I think it's pretty yep. cool. Um, and we asked all of our guests um, to share some of the books that they have read uh, with our listeners and viewers. Like any, do you have any books that you would recommend and, and then you like reading and uh, to, our, to our viewers and listeners? Oh, okay, sure. Um, I enjoy uh, reading this book okay called the creative economy the creative economy by the gentleman called john hawking uh, john hawkins um it is not a new book uh, but what but the key principle in this book okay still valid right now and i believe it will be even more relevant in the future okay so basically one of the key ideas from this book is okay people with ideas mm. will have more power will become more powerful in the future than people who own machines and other resources okay so 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 that means people who have ideas who own ideas will be more powerful than people who own machines and all other resources in the future okay so so that that is the gist that means that um for those who want to embrace the future i would say try to accumulate ideas, try to own ideas, right? mm. uh, because one ideas can make you go really, really far. Right? So for example, 
Um, if you look at Uber, okay, Uber, 10 years ago, there's no such thing called, called Uber, right? but Uber revolutionized the transport uh, industry around the world. Okay? So if you look at Uber, okay, it is about it's the idea, it's one idea, it's one idea of connecting the IT system okay, or your mm. mobile phone system with the transport provider. Right? So basically, Uber is about the ideas of connecting your mobile phone with the vehicles available. Okay, that's the one idea. So, so you don't need to have many ideas, but you just need to have one idea and that will make you million and zillion. So I, I would say people who own ideas in the future will be more powerful. And that's the, if you want to know more, you can read uh, this book called The Creative Economy. Great. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So now, we, last but not the least, so if you want our listeners and viewers to take away something from the conversation besides uh, getting your book and reading the, the, the wonderful 3i framework, so what would you suggest um, uh, our listeners and viewers to take away? What would be your closing remark? Oh, sure. Um, I think if they want to learn more about, um, about what's going on in the future, okay, um, they are most welcome right, to connect with me on uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, or Facebook. Okay, I, and I'm sure uh, you will, you will, um, you will include a link somewhere, um, yeah. somewhere. So, um, yeah, I have a strong passion right, to help people to prepare for the future. Right, so feel free to connect. Uh, feel free to connect with me, and um, and let's share more ideas along the process. Okay, then. Um, then of course, uh, if you're talking about the, the website, okay, you can go to uh, my book website, uh, which is the dixonleader.com and you will be able to get some resources about this book as well. Awesome. With that, uh, thank you so much, Dixon, uh, for coming to the podcast. You're always welcome back uh, to share, hopefully, the sequel of the book or, or maybe your next book. So uh, wish you nothing but success in your journey and thank you for, for spending your time and sharing your uh, three eye insights maybe the yep. fourth eye should be insights um uh, with us sure uh, happy happy to do that and once again thanks for having me here today Michelle. thank you really appreciate it thank you that I met once, that's it. Then I go into the booth feeling nervous. Got butterflies in my stomach like I'm so worthless. Is the mic gone? I don't know how to work this. Inside I'm breaking down. I hope I'm not a bonus.